Institute for Faith and Freedom at Grove City College presents Liberty Mail with the Student Fellows of Faith and Freedom. Welcome back, y'all, to Liberty Mail. Uh, we're here with the Institute for Faith and Freedom, and today we have another special episode, but today it's with Josh East. Thank you for coming. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. And Josh is a senior here at Grove City College. He is double majoring in political science and finance. And most importantly, he is a research fellow here for the Institute for Faith and Freedom, along with uh, myself and Libby. And so we're here to talk about kind of the intersection of Christianity and kind of how to um, manipulate or at least how do you guide yourself through this intersection of Christianity and the culture that we're kind of living in currently. And so we're going to talk a little about on the culture war, touch on a little points about how that's been uh, affecting our lives, whether it's like education or just media. And I know we... Uh, this kind of topic got brought up earlier in the semester when uh, the Institute brought scholar Jay Koss to the school and Jay Koss was talking on Madison, but at the end, kind of most important when we were asking questions to him, one of the questions was around, do we have to worry about the culture war as 20 something year olds? And surprisingly he said, no, I I think the one example he was using was just uh, how prevalent our LGBTQ uh, population is in America. And he was like, just, he, he put it down to such a low number percentage of population, so he's like, you don't have to worry about this. But I know, at least myself, I'm s- sitting there, I'm like, I- I've already had to deal with this, and I have to deal with these people, and as Christians, we have to love these people, but then how do we kind of tell our ideology, or at least tell our message, without uh, kind of getting called a bunch of mean kind of words from the left? So I know what my thoughts were that he was just completely off on that. But what were you thinking on that? Yeah, no, I think that's right on. I mean, I, I like Jay Cost. I thought he gave a good talk. I think his book on Madison is going to be very interesting. Uh, but I think we're already seeing this to a large extent. Um, like it is affecting our lives in a very real way. Um, you look at issues like LGBTQ um, and accepted pronouns and the whole trans idea. Um, and these are ideas are at, at the root trying to transform um, the culture and the morality that underpins our society. Um, we even see now some of these ideas and things such as trans parents um, represented in like Disney shows and Nickelodeon shows. Um, so I think absolutely these things are not just kind of a niche, like polarized issue. Mm-hmm. They definitely are um, really affecting our lives. Yeah, he summed it down to such a small did, degree. Yeah. It's like, you will not have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. He was talking about how uh, the political environment between Republicans and Democrats goes up and down, and you don't have to worry about this small section of uh, progressives exactly, in America. Yeah. And we know that not to be true. We know we've been on media our whole life, and we know that social media is just so far left-leaning. Mm-hmm. And whether it's, um, I don't know, a number of issues, is definitely we're going to be in our face. I, I know we were thinking about a couple of just examples. Um, I was thinking about recently, I think it was like four episodes ago, we were talking about Condi Rice. And she was on The View. And mm-hmm. she, her perspective as a black female was that CRT is harmful to uh, whether it's white children and black children or any children in our educational system. And a number of uh, writers, bloggers, one from uh, CNBC said that she was a uh, peddling white supremacy and that uh, herself was a racist. And so really odd to just see like kind of the cancel culture and also just the media kind of calling out people that goes against that narrative that we're seeing. Yeah, no, I think that's so true. And another example um, is Kevin Hart. I mean, he's a guy that his literal job is to be a comedian and make jokes. Um, And about, uh, there was a joke he made, I guess, like seven or eight years back 
that was derogatory in some way to the LGBTQ community, and he was just ridiculed for it um, and can- canceled multiple times mm-hmm. um, to the point now that he's just he's very outspoken against cancel culture and kind of just disregarding what they have to say. But I think it's just the fact that we've gotten to that point. It's it's a scary spot to be in. Yeah, and and these two examples are are not really like where we're going uh, in our mm-hmm. conversation here today, but rather like. Sorry, Ms. Crossley, we really I appreciated you as the scholar, but when you answered this question, I was a little disappointed because as 20-year-olds, we know this is what we're going to deal with, and mm-hmm. we see it constantly in the today. Um, there, there was one thing that I wanted to ask you is, like, how do you think we got here? What, what has developed? Is it new? Is it something old? Um, this kind of intersection between Christianity against the culture in America? Um, I think it's... It, it's an old thing. It's been around for years, and not only Christianity, but conservative values yeah. in general. I mean, you look back years to even Clarence Thomas being affirmed to the Supreme Court. Um, he actually, there was a documentary that came out a few years back, kind of just outlining the whole process. Um, and he said, and I quote, if you criticize a black person who's more liberal, you're a racist, whereas you can do whatever to me, meaning Clarence, or now to Ben Carson, and that's fine because you're really you're not really black because you're not doing what we expect black people to do. So it's this whole idea that if you're black and you stand for something different than what the left expects a black man to stand for, you're almost you're of no value to them and they will do everything they can to shut out your opinion or just disregard what you have to say. Yeah, it's kind of it's bizarre to think about and I think the average American doesn't know that there's these examples of uh, kind of like conservative or right-leaning black Americans. And just the one that I have, uh, the black American that I kind of look up to a lot is Thomas Sowell, the economist. Mm-hmm. And even when I believe he was uh, testifying before Congress, uh, it was in 79 or 81, for a Supreme Court uh, hearing. And it, it was for a judge nomination. And uh, funny enough, it was Joe Biden at the time, Senator. Mm-hmm. And he was implying that Thomas Sowell, you can look this up, Go find it yourself, find the articles. But he's implying that Thomas Sowell, a black man, is racist for Thomas Sowell is arguing that uh, affirmative action it does not help uh, black communities. And he's arguing that certain welfare programs are actually harmful rather than beneficial to the black community in America. And you have these just uh, the liberal media also kind of went at him and, and called him names and said he was um, kind of ignorant in his beliefs and what he thought. And then even Joe Biden at the time said was implying that he's a racist for these ideas. It's it's ludicrous at these times yeah. that you can't you can't get away from what the narrative is and you can't have your own opinion as mm-hmm. of, and just these examples of black men. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, the one thing that I thought was really interesting was that this so these two examples that we brought up go back. Like it's not a new thing mm-hmm. that kind of people kind of think that uh, this culture war is just at the climax in the 21st century is like, okay, it's kind of been up at this tension, this high tension since the 70s, since the mm-hmm. 60s, and it goes back. Um, are there any certain areas that you see uh, that you want to highlight? Yeah, I think th- one of the areas that it's invaded and it's especially problematic is that of like universities and college campuses. When you think of colleges as these years, you're supposed to go to school and it's these formative years where you should be exposed to all these different ideas. Um, free, free open debate about policies and concepts and ideologies, whatever it may be. And then you form an opinion based off that on your own. Um, but what we're seeing now is universities are becoming a spot where you're basically going, you have a liberal, liberal or liberals run the college, you have liberal prof- professors, and you're taught these basically principles of the left for these four years. 
and any exposure to any sort of altern like alternative conservative opinion is just shut out. Um, and there was a German philosopher, his name was Herbert Marcuse, who basically reca- regarded freedom of speech and tolerance as part of the re- repressive ideology of capitalist society. Um, and that t- type of thinking is now serving as the basis for how colleges are running their campuses, basically. How do you, how do you think tolerance kind of works within that? Because, I mean, definitely we've seen that Americans love the idea of tolerance, and maybe that's a unifying uh, word or characteristics of Americans that we can kind of unify with, but it, it seems that we all have a different view of what tolerance is, and especially on the right, when we look at these in- instances in uh, our culture, it's like, this kind of seems hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think tolerance, it's important to distinguish tolerance from acceptance. I see tolerance as being open to open debate and dialogue and being able to go back and forth on ideas um, and then shaking hands at the end of the day and continuing mm-hmm. to be friends but um, and completely disagreeing on every point, if that's the case. But that's tolerating each other's ideas, um, which creates for a free market and exchange of ideas, which is a healthy and good spot to be in as a country. Um, but intolerance is where you disagree you say something even if it was years back that is perceived the wrong way by the wrong person Mm -hmm. and you're just shut out from society you can't speak you have no platform to speak on yeah and in the truest sense of uh tolerance and or at least actually in the truest sense of what it means to be liberal it's the free expression of ideas or transfer of ideas Mm -hmm. and that's why we get these liberal arts colleges, that's, that's the founded principle is that, okay, we're going to have a free exchange of ideas. But when tolerance is kind of hand in hand with what uh, the liberal used to mean, I think, or the classical liberal, um, and then we kind of have changed what tolerance is to, okay, what you said, like acceptance. Um, if you don't accept these ideas or if you are X, Y, and Z, then we're going to push you out because that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and, and I think – it's kind of frustrating now, too, how every argument seems to be rooted in emotion. Mm. Um, you look at, you know, if you hold a certain opinion, you're labeled a bigot or a racist or a litany of other names before you can even sit down and actual, actually have a conversation about why you believe what you believe. Um, like if you take LGBTQ or CRT, for example, if you maybe question um, the health of a society that's rooted in, you know, or question maybe guys need or children need a mom and a dad or you question the roots of CRT, um, which are completely normal and a healthy dialogue to have within society, but you're immediately labeled as a racist or a bigot um, or some other name before Mm -hmm. you can even have the opportunity to kind of explain the why behind what you're saying and what you believe. Yeah, just on the the CRT point, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, is that, okay, as conservatives and as Christians, we kind of, we have to be perfect, right? There's this idea that um, both in our faith and kind of in the culture, I think it's kind of risen that if we are not perfect, if we slip up, oh, the left is going to just go at you. Like mm-hmm. the media is going to get you and they're going to plaster you and make an example out of you. So when we talk about CRT, like I think our diction and our uh, rhetoric is super important, how we uh, we disagree with it. We say, okay, because a lot of times they're just like, I don't like CRT, right? But what points of CRT, what aspects are within that ideology that we don't agree with? And when the left kind of pushes it out, they're like, it's just about uh, getting rid of racism. It's all about acceptance, um, just equality among uh, races. And the average American looks at them. I think they're very appealing. Mm-hmm. And it, same with us. Like, that is perfect. But if, it, if that was all it's about, we'd be perfect with it. But we 
that have read it, we know it goes further than that. And it says, okay, there are oppressors and suppressors and America is inherently racist. Mm -hmm. And that's what we disagree with. So I think we really have to be specific about how we handle these things. Yeah, I agree. And I think specific to CRT, so much of the debate, we end up just talking past each other because we're approaching CRT as what you said, there's oppressors and suppressors and America's inherently racist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the people we're debating and arguing with genuinely believe that CRT ends with racism is bad. Mm. And on our end, we're like, yes, we completely agree. Like, that's a fair point, And we can all get behind that. Um, but when we're coming at it from such different places, it's hard to have an effective conversation on a topic like that. Yeah, it's a, it's a super fine line to walk as a conservative, as a Christian, to mm -hmm. be, okay, um, I know that my views at certain points are going to be uh, characterized as hateful and I will not be accepted, my views and my uh, rhetoric is not going to be wanted in certain places. And we look at that and we're like, that's, uh, that's hypocrisy. You're not being tolerant. But we have to be perfect again, and we have to walk the line where we can still stand for what we believe in and our message, but kind of like try to change their viewpoint. Mm -hmm. um, I really want to dive into so how do we manage some of these things as Christians? So we because we all know that we have already dealt with this, and at times we it gets the best of us. We t are quick to anger, quick to emotion, and it almost seems that we uh, react in a similar way that someone on the left would just uh, be mean to us, that we kind of see that as. So how as Christians do we kind of like walk that line, do you see? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, it, it's first important to recognize that this is no surprise where we're at. I think a, a lot of Christianity by its nature, some of the truth claims that are made and the exclusivity of it, um, it's inherently offensive. And people that don't want to align their life or their beliefs with that um, are going to be offended. Um, mm. I just wish that, again, the ability to converse and talk about these things in a healthy way would be more open. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, there's the call in Matthew 5 to be salt and light. And I think there is such a fine line between speaking truth on a lot of these extremely contentious um, rooted in emotion issues such as abortion and marriage um, and CRT and all these different things, but doing so in a way that is loving and God honoring. And I think there's just such a fine line there on how to, you know, not compromise on the truth of the Bible, but also do so in a loving way that people are open to hearing. Mm -hmm. I, I really like the the quote of at least salt and light is because, again, we have to be, we have to lead by example. If mm -hmm. we want to change this culture, as Christians, we have to be the one, let's say abortion is the example. We say, okay, um, within this jurisdiction of law in America uh, or this legal system, we're going to be tolerant of your idea. Like it hurts so much to be tolerant of the fact that you want to uh, abort these children. But we're going to be tolerant and kind of like listen to why you want this. Um, and then we'll go toe-to-toe -to -toe on mm -hmm. the floor of Congress or uh, Supreme Court. But then constantly... We, ha we have to lead it by example, and we know the other side is not going to do that. I uh, listened to recently uh, Catherine Colbert, her name was. She argued Casey versus Planned Parenthood mm -hmm. in 92, and she's characterizing what the pro-life movement is. And I'm like, oh, she, she's at the top of her uh, industry. She knows what she's talking about. This won't be as bad as I think it is going to be. But she characterizes it as misogyny. It's just a bunch of men wanting to take away women's rights. And I'm just like, oh. This, oh this this yeah. this message again of kind of the culture war and I it almost brings me back to Ronald Reagan it's like we speak time and time and again our truths and our mm -hmm. ideas and then we just let God do the rest and kind of let that truth uh, 
marinate within people. Mm-hmm. And we, d- we don't argue the other ideas, but just keep on speaking our truths. And mm-hmm. eventually we hope that it will resonate. Yeah, and I, I think going back to, to that even, that's back to the point of just the name-calling and the, emo- the emotion-based argument instead of having like an intellectual argument about mm. the ins and outs of why abortion should or should not be legal. Um, and I think it's just ironic because people who make claims like that and the, kind of this woke left, um, at the root of that is a group of people that initially built their party on prizing uh, independence and independence of thought um, and freedom of expression and diversity um, and kind of being open to whatever goes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now we're in a spot where they have kind of transformed from what they they did so in the name because they felt that American society and capitalist society for hundreds of years had been oppressive to them um, and their opinions and the way they wanted to live. And it's just interesting to see the transformation because now they're here on the other end of it, kind of shutting out the opposing view. And so I just find it incredibly hypocritical. Yeah, that, I, that's fascinating to think about, just kind of the flip-flop of history yeah. and where they have stood uh, on one end of uh, being tolerated or not being tolerated. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think about Christianity is exclusive, and we make all these exclusive claims, absolutes, um, but we're not isolated. We, we will reach across, and we should, you ought to as a Christian, reach your hand and, and hug or invite someone to break bread with you that you completely disagree with. Uh, that's your, I think that's your job, and you're called to do this, no matter what this person looks like, uh, what their sexual orientation is, no matter what, you're, you're called to this. But then, so that's our leading as, leading as an example, and we do not see that uh, from the left. It's almost they are exclusive and isolated in their mm-hmm. thought. And we, I think we've seen in the past, or at least in our lifetime, that they are isolated in the fact that you don't agree. You think these things that are opposition of us, we're going to cancel you out of this. You can't talk on Twitter anymore. We're going to mm-hmm. block you from these, these websites. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know, like, we were talking about specifically there were certain words as uh, that we think at least are inherent. Not inherent. Um, that kind of go hand in hand with Christianity, or at least... The idea of some of these words have a lot of Christian meaning and principle, and it's common in our culture, but that's kind of been attacked. Hmm. Um, yeah. I, you know, you want to talk yeah. about a couple of just... Okay. Yeah, no, I think, I think like, one of the things within Christianity and the church that we have to be careful of is culture has kind of coined and co-opted certain words that we traditionally associate with a meaning within Christianity. Um, so I think of, you know, the word justice, for example... Um, justice and social justice and what that has come to mean um, on the political left um, in that, you know, equity of wealth and distribution of wealth um, and kind of everyone, even even if we could make a world where there was equal opportunity, that's just not possible. People are born with different genes, um, better genetics than others, better households. It's impossible to even make equality of opportunity. Um, so to see that and the equality of outcome be associated with what is now called social justice and pushed for on the left um, I think it's dangerous in the church to see ideas like that being put forth. And, you'll, you know, you hear social justice and we're like, oh, justice, like that sounds good. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Um, that sounds biblical. And then, you know, when you look in the Bible, there's nothing at all remotely about that that is represented as being the biblical meaning of justice. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just important to think critically um, and kind of when we hear things like that that sound a little correct, but also a little if we iffy, we just hold them up to the standard of the Bible and see see where they fit in before just hopping on board with some of those things and policies. Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand with uh, 
the idea of conservatism that we are skeptics and mm. what what we hear, what we see, uh, just like Socrates, we're constantly questioning. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we're against progress, not against change. We've uh, championed the leaders of the civil rights movement, and we appreciate as a country that we have gotten so far. And I feel like at the end of the day, we just want to, uh, like, we want to be recognized that we have made lots of progress in America. And what we kind of find so uh, maybe uh, what's so angry in us, or, or what makes us a little angry at the end of the day, is that the left seems like it's never enough. Like, uh, like, just take a step back. Look, we've done a lot of progress. Okay, what do we have to do to move forward? Like, that's our mindset, I think, with a lot of uh, cultural issues. But I think the left is just constantly like, it's not good enough. You need more. Mm-hmm. It's more. And the conservative, it's like, okay, I just want to back away. And like you said, the, the Christian is like enticed to these words or these uh, phrases because they tie into what we've already learned and what we've grown up in, like justice or love. And we're like, oh, yeah, this sounds awesome. But then you have to be conscious and you have to be skeptical of some of these words. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said about progressives is spot on, too. Like, where does it end? They're just continuing to develop their beliefs, and it seems to change day to day. Um, and so with the nature of being a progressive, like, where does it end? Where are they trying to progress to? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kind of also going off what you were saying um, about we've done so much good in this country and the history of this country, we're kind of even seeing back to the university example, um, the rewriting of history. History is a pretty much objective field that should be mostly apolitical. Um, if you think about it, you just tell history how it is, you teach history. Um, and we're seeing kind of the rewriting of history in a lot of ways. Um, and even a step further, I think there's wisdom that can be gained from history and you can learn lessons from the past. Um, and so teach it as an objective field and maybe even occasionally a mm-hmm. field that you can learn from. Um, but it's now become just a tale of absolute oppression. and. There is obvious examples of oppression throughout history, and I feel like it's important to recognize that. But to dub down history to just being this tale of kind of the white man oppressing everyone, I think is doing the discipline of history a big injustice. Mm-hmm. At, at least to the point where that is what is um, the main narrative, mm-hmm. or that is what, like when you read a story, you take that message mm-hmm. out of the thing you just read. And you're mm-hmm. like, that's the main purpose of what I just read. That's the main purpose of our history. Yeah. And I think as conservatives, but specifically as Christians, um, we have to be not afraid to look at the sins of our past and recognize them and, and be the first person to be like, say, I'm sorry for them, uh, that recognize them and for be sure. like, not afraid yeah. of them. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot, some conservatives are a little afraid of being like, okay, the left is constantly saying this and this and this about our history or whatever. Um, we're going to deny it or we're just not going to talk about it. I think mm-hmm. the Christian's role uh, within politics is like, the middle guy, the middle man, and I think the Christian has a lot of value in bringing two sides together, with the left or the right, and especially in history, being like, we need to learn about slavery, we need to learn about the discriminatory acts of the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s, and how it wasn't equal. And so it, we cannot be afraid to talk about these things, because if we are afraid to talk about these things, we can't spread our message. After we tell the message, then we can't get what we want across the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important for us. Um, I know you wanted to just touch on the uh, kind of like one of our last thing is like it goes with the same idea of tolerance w- from the left um, is that we're closed off as in dialogue. Right. So how how do we speak truth uh, when we're kind of like casted out of the conversation? Yeah, I think I mean, along that we just have to continue to not be what we accuse the left of being. So we accuse mm-hmm. them of being 
um, kind of closed off and what was the word you, you said isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, so we accuse them of being exclusive and isolated. Um, I think we, our job is to just be on the other end of that, be exclusive but not isolated and be willing to have conversations. And it's not that everyone on the left is opposed to dialogue and every, you know, woke person is, but I think that as a general trend, um, in mainstream culture and society and universities, especially, that is what we're seeing. Um, and so I think we just need to continue to be on the other end of that and open to dialogue. And as frustrating as it is sometimes, absolutely, some of the absurd arguments that are made, we can't fall into accusing or being what we accuse them of doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I, I know I've been pouting on this for the whole 25 minutes or whatever, is that we kind of are the middleman. We have to lead by example. Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost in every uh, issue of this culture war that kind of we've been fighting in America or what people have coined as a culture war. Um, I think Christians have a really unique ability, and I think God has put us in this time and place, in the time of history and mankind, that we're kind of a middleman. And we're going to stick up for our values, and we're going to be strong in our values. Um but we're not going to isolate ourselves from people, and we need to lead by example. For sure. Yeah, and I think it's so important, too, to recognize kind of what we started this whole talk off with, but the idea that, you know, this does affect our lives. There are some Mm -hmm. very real elements to the culture war um, that have already affected aspects of our lives and our kids' lives, and how that's going to play out for years to come is a big question, but it's extremely important. Yeah, Uh, I think we're... About to wrap this up, if you have any, do you have any other points you want to touch on? No, I'm all good. Well, Josh, I really appreciate you coming. This is a really thoughtful conversation. I, out of anything, I really hope listeners listen to this and kind of ponder it. And if you have any questions, please go to the YouTube. I know on Spotify you can't comment. Go to the YouTube, write a paragraph if you have to, and we will get back to you. Um, even Josh, I'll give him the kind of questions that you guys reach out to us with, and we would love to answer them on a future podcast or at least send you an email back and kind of talk you through these Uh, ideas. If we need to clarify anything, please reach out. Uh, Thank you so much, Josh, again for coming. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and this is Liberty Mail. For more information on this podcast or other programs, please visit faithandfreedom.com.